Can you please stand and turn with me to 1 Corinthians 14? We're going to be reading verse 26 through 33. And when you're there, please say amen. Okay. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, each has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let three or more prophets speak, and let the, and let the others judge. But if anyone is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Please bless the reader, hearer, and doer of his holy word. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your mighty presence. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you, Father, for your word. Father God, we pray this morning that as we, we study, that you would, um, uh, Lord, that you would just open our understanding, uh, that, Lord, that you would uh, give us revelation and insight, um, that our preaching and that what we say today, Father, will find uh, Father God, it's place in good ground, bringing forth fruit unto your account for your glory. Father God, I am delighted, Lord, that you have chosen me this morning to be a mouthpiece. And Lord, I'm simply just a mouthpiece. I pray that you would anoint my mouth, anoint my mind as we uh, study your word. And Lord God, we will give you the glory because, Father God, you are the glory, the power. And we thank you so much, Lord, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> right before we go into our sermon, I do have an announcement that we forgot to uh, mention. On uh, December 18th, uh, we're going to be, uh, Foundation Christian Fellowship will be having a Christmas party. We're going to be doing it this year off-site. Uh, we're going to be doing it uh, December the 18th. I believe that's at 4 o'clock. And that's at 78 Newberry Drive, which is in Stafford. Uh, Sister April, uh, over here, raise your hand, Sister April. For, she is going to be at her house this year. So um, I want you to see her. You'll be hearing a little bit more about it. Have me know it's a big deal when somebody opened up their house, uh, particularly any time, but especially during this time of year, uh, because everybody is so busy. So we are certainly delighted uh, that uh, she has opened up our house. Uh, she wants to share what God has given to her and what God is doing. And so come on out, then let's fellowship together. Um, I think it says here, and I'm supposed to read this, um, bring a wrap gift for holiday gift exchange, games and fun. Uh, minimum will be five bucks, and I think teenagers, adults and teens, 16 and up. Uh, gift bags will be provided for FCF children. So again, see Sister April for more information about that. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at our Christmas party. Amen. Uh, 
let's, uh, we've been talking about uh, in a, a series entitled The Body, and we've been talking about how the body is to function together, how that God called us to not be uh, necessarily just individuals uh, disconnected from the life of the body, but he, he wants us to function uh, as a body, meaning that we are interconnected, we're interdependent upon one another. So what we have been talking about also as it relates to that, how the body ought to function together. Uh, God has given all of us spiritual gifts, and those gifts are to further the mission of the church, to further the mission of the gospel, and to edify each and every one of us in the process. And so this morning, I want to talk about uh, the subject of prophecy. Uh, last week, uh, we talked about the gift of tongues. Uh, how many of you was there for that last week and you heard that? If you have not listened to that word, uh, I want you to, you can go to our website. We have it available there for you as well, so you can uh, keep up. And uh, so we're going to be talking about prophecy today, another one of those awesome subjects. Um, but before I get started, I want to read you a joke. Now, I'm not one of those guys that I'm not good at telling jokes, but so if it's not funny, will you please do me a favor and laugh anyhow uh, and just act like it. <laughs> Thank you very much. And just act like it's funny. Uh, but, uh, but I thought I, I came across this while I was studying, so I thought I would just share it with you. Uh, now, you got to listen very, very closely because I don't want you to miss it. So here's a lady. She's in the church just to kind of set the backdrop. She, she's in church and, and she has a prophetic word that she wants to share with the congregation. So she stands up and she wants to give this word. And here's what she says. Thus says the Lord, just as Moses built the ark to rescue my chosen ones. So I will build my church to rescue many in this city. She then sat down and many people in the congregation, even those with an elementary Bible knowledge, were confused. Ten minutes later, the lady stood up and said, Thus says the Lord, I made a mistake. It was not Moses that built the ark, but Noah. Please forgive me. And she sat down. <laughs> the reality of it is, is that the gift of prophecy is an extraordinary gift. Uh, is one of the primary ways by which I believe the church is edified. And, and when you really study the life of the church, and you go back and even study your Old Testament, the Bible, this book that we have, is prophetic in nature. Let me know that God is a prophetic God. That he speaks things before they happen. God is a revealer of secrets. And one of the things that I've incurred uh, that, that happened to me on many uh, different occasions, but uh, there was one particular occasion when a gentleman, he prophesied over my life. And I can tell you that it was quite the first time it happened. It was quite the experience because he was speaking things that I had not shared with him. And and I remember thinking to myself, gosh, what am I going to do with this? As we said last week, that there are those who are fundamentalists or sensationalists who believe that uh, some of the gifts have ceased. And so I came out of that background. So prophecy, I was really, really kind of leery of that, just as I was, as we talked about the gift of tongues last week. But as you read the scripture, and we're going to show you today, God wants his people to operate in the prophetic. 
There's something about prophecy, prophecy that encourages, it, it builds up, it, it strengthens. And how many of you love to know, how many know the Bible says that God is a present help in time of need? That means that God didn't, listen, God is still talking. Amen? I said, God is still talking today. And I know some folks wonder about that, but, but he is not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living. And God is concerned about everything that concerns you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You want to know that God hears your prayer. You want to know that God is tuned into what's going on in your life. And the fact is, he is concerned about your life. And if we seek God, if we learn to flow, even in this gift of the prophetic, God will begin to reveal things to us, show us what he's doing. Now, I must say that there are those times when he won't necessarily show you right up front what he's doing. That is the frustrating part because we all like to know up front what we're getting into, right? Uh, you remember Abraham, God told Abraham, I want you to go to a country I'm going to tell you about later. Uh, I don't know about you, but I might have asked God, well, first, God, can you please tell me a little bit more before I go? Uh, but, but God keeps some things to himself, and, and he can do that because he's who? He's God. And so let's, just, let's talk about this because there, there, there are many abuses of this gift. Now, I know that, uh, you know, just like this lady, I just read this joke, you know, and, and people look at that, and they have a tendency when people prophesy and they prophesy stuff that is weird or and we have a tendency to want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, you know, God don't want me to do that because there are some crazy people out there saying some crazy things. And therefore, I just assume that it's just not for me. It's just not for today. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So we don't want to be people to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We want to be people. How many of you want everything God has for you? I mean, I don't know, but I want to walk in the foot. I don't want to die and, and confront Jesus. And he tells me that this is what you could have did or this is what you could have had if you would have had faith to believe. I want everything. And as it relates to my life, there are people that you and I deal with on a regular basis that are looking for answers in life. They want to know how they're going to figure out life, how they're going to navigate their way through. And one of the ways that, that, that God expresses himself is through the gift of prophecy. That unbelievers even, there have been times when I have spoken to people and I didn't even know what they were, I didn't really hardly knew their name. And God just laid something on my heart. God just gave me a revelation and I just begin to speak. And they look at me with amazement, with almost tears in their eyes, saying, how did you know that? It's because I believe, and I believe that God is a prophetic God. God wants to speak to you. You got to believe that. Because everything that we talk about, if you don't believe that, then, then you're going to miss it. This message won't mean a whole lot to you this morning. But I want to talk about it this morning because I think it's so very, very important as it relates to the life of the church and the mission that God has given us. Now, we've been doing a, what we call a working definition for all of our uh, teaching on, this, uh, on, on the body and the gifts of the spirit. And so we're going to start with one this morning. So the Greek word for prophet is prophetio, and it is one who declares truth from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is one who receives spontaneous, everybody say spontaneous, revelation from God. One who receives spontaneous revelation. Revelation from God. By show of hands, how many of you in here have experienced 
prophecy where someone's prophesied over you. All right. Okay, we got a good number. We got some who just, okay, great. All right. Let's kind of talk about it, first of all, as it relates to the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because there is some confusion. Um, one of the confusions or one, one of the concerns is that folks who don't believe in the gift of prophecy, oftentimes what they will say is, well, if you start having people prophesy and say things, they start uh, assuming that their words hold the same weight as scripture. Well, first of all, let's just clear up one thing. When we talk about prophecy in, the, in our day, in this uh, New Testament era, no prophecy carries the weight of scripture. Now, what do I mean by that? In other words, we believe that the scripture, the canon of scripture was closed in A.D. 90. And that was the book of Revelation we estimate was completed at that time. And so as it relates to scripture, there is no more prophetic word as it relates to prophecy and adding to scripture. Everybody is firm on that. Now, when the, in the Old Testament, when the Old Testament prophets spoke, now we're going to do a little teaching this morning, so stay with me, and, and you want to take notes because this is going to help you, trust me. When, when the Old Testament, when those Old Testament prophets prophesied, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, they spoke the very words of God. So in other words, when they came in and they said, thus saith the Lord, I mean, no, thus saith the Lord. And it wasn't, they weren't giving you an option to disobey what thus saith the Lord. Now, in the New Testament, we don't really call them prophets anymore as it relates to the writing and the revealing of Scripture. For those of you who study, what do we call them? Who is it in the Bible, in the New Testament, that has authority to write Scripture? Thank you. I'm glad somebody is flowing. We call them apostles. So apostles has the authority. If you read the New Testament, most of the scripture, not all the scripture, were, were influenced and written by the apostles. They had the authority to, to write scripture and to say words and speak into the life of the church. And so when we speak about prophets or prophecy in the New Testament, let's be very, very clear. There is no more adding to scripture. Everybody say amen. The canon of scripture is closed. Everybody say amen again. Because I want to make sure we understand that because prophecy, when somebody give a prophetic word, how many know that it is never to supersede the word? You understand what I'm saying? And so, so the word, the Bible, the scripture that you have in your hand, it is closed. And I know that you got some folks that say that God has given them a new revelation. And they want to add to scripture. There is no more adding to scripture. The canon is closed. But does that mean that God does not want us to operate with a prophetic nature? Absolutely not. Now, let me show you something in the word of God. Look with me to a second, I believe, a second Peter 3, 2. Turn with me in your Bible. Y'all still praying with me? Y'all said amen like kind of shallow. Come on, y'all, work with me. Second, Second Peter chapter number three. And we'll start at verse number two. 
that you may know. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 1 for kind of order's sake, but our focus verse will be verse 2. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words, watch this now, which were spoken before the holy prophets, and we speak about the word that we talk about the holy prophets. He's talking about those in the Old Testament, those who wrote the words of God. Watch this. And of the commandment of us. Who is us that he's talking about? The apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Another point we want to make is that the prophets in the New Testament does not speak with authority equal to the words of Scripture. The prophets of the New Testament did not speak with authority equal to the words of Scripture. Turn with me to Acts chapter 21. Some of you may be familiar with this passage of Scripture, but I want to show you something because it really helps us to lay a good foundation. Amen. Because what we don't want to have is people who saying the Lord gave me a prophecy and that prophecy is not lining up with the word. Amen. Uh, look at verse number one. Now, it came to pass. I was kind of read this fast. You in Acts chapter 21. Now, it came to pass that when we had departed from them and set sail running straight course, we came to Coas, a coast the following day to Rose and from there to Patara. And finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard, uh, aboard and set sail. And when we had sighted uh, Syria, we passed it on the left, sailed to, sailed to Syria, and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload her cargo. And I jump on down to uh, verse 6. And when we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship, and they returned home. And when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to... Potemius greeted the brethren and stayed with them one day. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and he stayed with them. Now, this man had four daughters who what? Anybody reading with it? Four daughters who what? Prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus. What was he? A certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Now watch this. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Now, I want you to understand this. So they're giving Paul a prophetic word. They're saying, Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, then you're going to be bound. But watch how Paul handles this. Because you think in the Old Testament, remember I said in the Old Testament, when those prophets spoke, they spoke the very words of God. They didn't challenge it. When thus says the Lord says something, they followed it. But here, listen to what Paul does. But then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying the will of the Lord be done. Paul had got a prophetic word, but Paul had chosen 
that he, he had chosen that he was not going to follow through with it, and he still went to Jerusalem. Now, if you read the rest of the accounts, what you will discover is that Paul was bound. But the point I want to make is that the Apostle Paul made a decision because it's what he felt, and you understand that the apostles, they had authority to write scripture, to set precedent. So we need to have a clear understanding of prophets in the New Testament and prophet in the Old Testament. So when we say prophet in the New Testament, we don't look at them with the same kind of authority as the prophets were in the Old Testament. But what do we do with New Testament prophets? Those who have prophetic words, those who have even experienced the prophetic gift. What do we do with it? And we said that there are some folks who have discounted it altogether. But let's look at what the Bible says about prophecy. Turn with me to, um, uh, let's see, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And this has kind of been our uh, main passage that we have been studying over the past several weeks. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Are you there? Amen. Now, it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gift. But especially, everybody say especially, that you might what? Prophesy. Especially. So he wants you to pursue spiritual gift. But Paul seems to be putting a premium on prophecy. Prophesying. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. We talked about that last week, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks what? Mysteries. But he who prophesies, now I want you to hear this, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. So when we spoke about um, Spiritual gift, when we talk about spiritual gift, we speak about spiritual gift in the sense that it is to build up and to encourage. So he says that, first of all, that any prophetic word, say to somebody, have a prophecy, because Paul is encouraging the church to prophesy. He said, first of all, that prophecy should be uplifting. If someone comes and they want to prophesy, it should be uplifting. Secondly, it should, he talked about uh, exhortation, which means to persuade and to inspire to action. And prophecy ought to comfort. It ought to comfort and, and, and add value to our life. But that doesn't mean that, that we don't call people out. You know, sometimes there's a prophetic word. That how many know that if you're in sin, how many know God knows you're in sin? And every day and then, God will reveal that. Now, that doesn't mean, now, if, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm edifying, let's just say, well, who want to be, who want to be my example of that? Uh, and nobody want to volunteer? Come on, brother. It's probably, he's, he's a retirement, brother. So, so he, he, he free. He can do whatever he wants. So, amen. So, now, I can look at Brother Lawrence, and, and I can believe, and the Lord has spoken to me, because sometimes, Oftentimes, the Lord do speak to us as it relates to a body, to our family. God will speak revelation. And my goal, if I hear something from God, let's just say to this brother, now, as far as we know, this brother is doing right. Everybody say he's doing right. So, so I don't want nobody, mis- I'm just using him as an example. Everybody say example. Because somebody say, Pastor Bill, call it. No, I did not. I'm just using an example. Let's just say this brother is in some kind of sin. 
The Spirit of God has spoken to me about, I can go to Brother Lawrence and I can say, Brother Lawrence, you know, the Lord's telling me that he's going to bless you. He's going to enlarge your territory. Um, he, 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 within the next couple of weeks, that there's going to be a breakthrough, that there's a job that's going to come to you that you've been praying, you believe in God for. But, but you know what? But God has also spoken. There's something in your life that you need to get right. Okay? And you know what it is. Now, what did I just do? Did I just tear him down? I didn't tear him down, did I? I, I encouraged him, but at the same time, God, there's something that he knows about if he's, you know, walking with God and, you know, or not walking with God, but, but he knows exactly what's happening. So I still encouraged him. So how many know that sometimes the encouragement or the exhortation will come in the form of a rebuke, but it is still to do what? To lift him up. So prophecy. Thank you, brother. So anytime we have prophecy, prophecy, so somebody say, well, I got a prophetic word, prophecy. So somebody come in, for example, and they're upset. You know, let me go back to you, brother. Come on back. I'm sorry. I let you go too quick. You get some PT. You still have to do PT. So, but let's just say, for example, then I say to this brother, you know what, um, you know, brother, you know what? And, you know, you got to forgive me for this. But brother, you know, you know, man, God said, you better get your life together. Man, you just, you you're messed up. You just ain't doing right. And you just, you know, you just need to, you're just, man, you just need to get your right, man. God's going to take you out, man. Get out of my, you know, something like that. How many know that, that I, didn't, I didn't encourage him that the spirit of what I just did was totally wrong? And the reason why I said that, because there are some of those who will use this gift of prophecy in the wrong way or will say things that are wrong or will say things that will discourage you. And prophecy always is to edify and build up the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you, brother. Now you can be seated. Hey, come on, give him a hand. Amen. All right. Now. So now look with me in first, first Thessalonians chapter number five. Verse number 19. First Thessalonians chapter number five. We'll start in verse number 19. Are you there? It says, now, do not quench the spirit. You know that you can quench the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe that, you know, I said last week that we have to have faith for certain things. The gift of prophecy or the spiritual gift is, is of no value to you unless you develop faith to believe. And Paul even said to us, we just established, he said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse 1, he said, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. Why? Because I believe that God wants to speak to all of us prophetically. But we have to have faith for it. But look what he says here in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, starting verse number 19. Do not quench the spirit and do not despise what? Prophecies. Now, why would he have to say, do not despise prophecies? I would surmise that probably because there were some folks that were saying things that were kind of kooky, that perhaps they were abusing the gift. And, and so Paul was like, look, don't despise it because, you know, there are some folks that do. I mean, you'd mention prophecy, man, get out of here with that. He says, no, don't despise it. But how did, how did he say we need to deal with this? He said, but test everything or test all things. Now, what is the measure by which we are to test a prophetic word or prophecy? The word of God. It cannot just be what I think and what I feel, because you all know that we all, our, our feelings and the way we think is all over the map. 
But there are some people, I've seen people say, I, and this is what I've seen. And, and I've seen people prophesy things that goes contrary to the word of God. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, and, and if you're not careful, there will be people who will put more value in the prophecy than the word of God itself. There are some people, watch this. There are some people that are drunk off of that. What do I mean? That their diet is, I got to get a word. I got to get a word. I got to get a word. Now, I'm all for prophecies. And if you got a word from me, God put something on your heart that you want to share with me, I'll be the first one to say, share it. But I don't live my life seeking that because let me tell you something. I have the word because all prophecies must be subject to what? The word of God. So he says, test all things. So when somebody gives, have a prophetic word and they, they want to share a prophecy, whether it's to the church or individually, you have a responsibility to test it. To make sure that what, what they're saying is consistent with the scripture. I told you before, and you all have heard me say this, but there was one time there was a pastor uh, that I saw on TV, and I, you know, I was halfway asleep. You ever been like watching TV, and you're like halfway asleep, and the TV's really watching you? And then you hear something like your eyes pop up, and you're like, oh, whoa, you know. And, you know, and he, he, made, he came up with a prophecy. He said, he said God just told me to, to leave my wife and, and marry another one. And, I, and, 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 and you know what the church was doing? And I'm like, what? You got to be kidding me. So that's why some folks say, well, you know what? I'm just going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, no, no. We don't want to do that. But how many know that the word of God is how we test everything? Everything. So if you're going to prophesy, you're going to, you're going to, you have a word that you want to share, then it has to line up with the word. We got to test it. So if you come, if I come to Sister Diver, I, I know Sister Diver, she's going she to listen. I'm going to lift my hands up, and I'm going to say, great, give me what the Lord is putting on your heart. But as soon as you step out, and I'll close my eyes, but then as soon as you step, you know, you go off the road, my eyes will open wide. Wait a minute. Now, very rarely, I can't think of one time when somebody has prophesied to me that I actually said, there have been some things people said I wondered about. Uh, but most of the prophecies that people have prophesied over me in my life, they have come true. I was, it was prophesied over me about this church. It was prophesied over me that I will be a father to the fatherless. Amen. That was prophesied to me years ago and that there would be sons that would become a spiritual son. I was like, okay. I was sitting like, you know, now I had a passion for the word, but I really, but it was something in it that just kind of resonated with my spirit. Which brings me to the next point. And I want you to hear me very, very clearly. Generally speaking, when somebody shares a word of prophecy with you, it generally will resonate with your spirit. In other words, God has probably already been speaking something to you about that in the first place. And somebody came up and they confirmed what God was already putting in your heart. You follow what I'm saying? So when I hear it, and there have been times I'll sit there, and that's when, you know, when people get prophesied over, you see people sometimes people start crying because nobody else knows because you just hit on, in other words, you just gave a word. You just spoke something in my life, and, and, and that changed me, and, and that was it. I know it, that was, that's what God was doing. And here's the thing about it. Do you know how encouraging, for those of you who have prophecies over your life, how many of you have been greatly encouraged by it? Amen. That's what it's for. It's supposed to encourage you because let me tell you something. When, 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 when Brother Roland, he come and he gives a word to me, 
that he believed God's put on his heart, and it encourages my heart. How many know? How many know? I can. I, I, you're giving me more food for the journey. I've been built up. I've been encouraged because everybody in here want to know that God is with them. And every now and then, you're going through some things. How I many you wonder sometimes if God is with you? Not, not that you don't know. I mean, you know the scripture. But your circumstances sometimes don't line up and you're thinking to yourself, is God, you know, I know the Bible says he's with me, but right now I don't really feel like it. And all of a sudden somebody come up and they give you a word of prophecy and speak about your life and your situation and you are greatly encouraged. That's why I tell people all the time, you know, when people come to church, when the body of Christ come together, we come together to encourage and to build up one another. And sometimes people often think that a lot of times that, that the word that the preacher preaches is the word that's going to, you know, that's, that's going to that's be the word that's going to set you free. Sometimes the word ain't in my mouth. Sometimes it might be in Brother Sister Diva's mouth. It may be in, in, in Brother Sean's mouth. Okay? It may be in Jeff's mouth. What I'm trying to say is that when we come together, we all have to believe God and be open to the Spirit. And, and, that, and that perhaps your deliverance is in the person who goes to that place or in that fellowship where you are. But if you're never in fellowship, then how many know that's a, there's something that you're missing? Because God may show up. And if God show, and you know, God, God has a way of showing up. But, but you know, God, God shows up where we're supposed to be. How many know it's something about placement? I'm going to do a whole sermon on placement. You know, you can be in the wrong place. And not at the right place at the right time. You can miss God. God, you know, God is a God. You got to catch. God don't try to catch up with us. We, we got to catch with. We got to catch up with him. And we have to be able to pursue him that way. So we test all things. But listen, here's something else he says. Hold fast to that which is true. Think about that for a moment. Why would you think he would say hold fast to that which is true? Think about it. Why would he say that? I just want you to think. Why would he say, test everything and hold fast to that which is true? The implication is that there may be some prophecies that may be tainted with some stuff, and you, you don't have to receive everything that somebody brings to you. You got to test it. In other words, how I many know we're not perfect? And God may put in us, God may give us a prophetic word or a word of prophecy in our mouth and in our heart, but sometimes if, if our spirit is not right, we can't deliver it right. Sometimes our prophecy is shaped by our attitudes. It can be shaped by our demeanor. And how many know that we could, God may be saying that, but because our heart is not right, it doesn't come out right. And so we need to be people that we test all things and we want to hold fast to that which is true. And normally that truth will resonate in your heart. How many of you remember the sin with uh, David, uh, David and uh, Bathsheba? You remember there was a prophet that came to David. What was his name? Nathan. Well, everybody know who Nathan was. Now, David just doing his thing. How many know David thought he got away with some sin? Uh-huh. How many know you ain't never going to get away with anything with God? David thought he had it made. Man, I ain't got me a wife. And she is, you know, I got exactly what I wanted. All of a sudden, Nathan comes showing up. And Nathan had to, Nathan started with this vision, kind of like talking about sheep and lambs, you know. And, and David, and before, before, we, before the, David realized the prophecy was about him, David said, look, we're going to take care of this guy. Bring him up. We're going to deal with him. 
And Nathan looked at him and said, you, you, you know, you're the one that we're talking about. And you know the interesting thing about David when he received the word, how many know that he already knew what he had done? And God sent a prophet to him to explain and to reveal, number one, that God saw it. And when David realized that he didn't try to get defensive, wait a minute, I, I had a weak moment. You know how sometimes you get caught in sin? You know, how many know when you get caught in sin, what do you need to do? <laughs> I'm guilty. How many know there's mercy with God? He's a God of mercy. And sometimes a prophetic word, a revelation will come to you sometimes. And God will use people. And God will use people that, that you may think you're more spiritually mature than. God, sometimes if, you, if, you, if you're sensitive, God will use a little kid to come and prophesy to you. <laughs> God will use my kids to prophesy to me about some things. I don't want to say it because then they're going to bring it back and use it against me when I get home. Because yeah, I got somebody there, but you might hear it. So I'm going to keep quiet because I don't want to tell them. But there have been times that God has spoken to me right through my kids. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I just turn around and go to the room. I just, oh, gosh. Okay. A prophetic word. I mean, a prophetic word oftentimes comes from people you don't want it to come from. <laughs> somebody say Amen. Why does God do that? You know, God has a way of keeping you humble. It's a brother in the Bible. I think it was, uh, I don't I forget his name, but he was told to go dip in the pool, some dirty water, and he'd get healed of leprosy. Anybody remember that guy's name? Was it Nahum or something like that? And I forget his name. And the prophet said, you're going to get delivered, but you got to go dip your face in the dirty water seven times. He said, oh, no, wait a minute. There's a whole lot of other places where the water is cleaner. I ain't going to go dip my face in that. God going to heal me the way I want God to heal me. But how I me mean, know he didn't get healed until he went and he dipped and did exactly what God said. And sometimes the messenger, how I many know it'll come oftentimes. That's why, listen, that's why we got to learn to get along with each other. That's why we got to learn to love each other because oftentimes God will God figure out a way to make it work. How I many know God will figure out a way to make you love each other? That your deliverance may be in the mouth of the person you look at and say, I don't like them. And God said, okay, I'm going to fix that. You're going to have to go to them. Oh, gosh. And you know it because the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you about that. So he said, hold on to that with you. Now, look at, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. And look at verse number 29 through 31. Now listen to this. He says now, let two or three prophets speak. All right? And the others what? Judge. Why do we need to judge? Let two or three prophets speak and let others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let them first keep silent. For you can all, everybody say all, all. prophesy one by one that all, everybody say all, all, may learn and may be what? Encouraged. I want our church and I want this body to be open to the prophetic nature of God. That when we come together, and one of the best places to do that, uh, we've had we've had several people to come here and uh, who operate in that gift of prophecy, and they have 
they have spoken, that they go out into the congregation and they just call people up and they just begin to speak into their life what they believe God is saying. And I'm going to tell you something, it greatly encourages the body of Christ. And we want this thing to be operating within our church. But it's interesting that Paul is making sure, and he's reemphasizing, making sure that things are done in an orderly way. It's not knocking prophecy. He's saying that let one speak and then let the others judge. Now, he's speaking here as it relates to prophecy over the church. Every now and then somebody would come to me, uh, you know, or somebody else in the church and say, I, I want to share a word. Some of you do it every now and then. I want, and, you know, and usually I'll say, uh, what, what do you want to share? What is it? Um, because, you know, we, we're kind of responsible for what comes over here. But when we're speaking to the congregation, and when you're giving a prophecy to the congregation, he says, let two or three, you know, speak and let the others judge. Not only to judge and make sure that it is of God, but try to figure out what is God saying to us as a people. Do you know that? Here's the big thing of how God works. We've been talking about the body, right? And we were talking about how do we are tied one to another. Everything that God does, he does in a way to promote the whole body of Christ. So, for example, if you got a person who have an individual mindset, I don't need church, I don't need to fellowship with them people, I don't need to do this, and people who think that way, then they, they totally miss the concept of the body because oftentimes the way God works, the way he brings about his purpose is through the body because he's all about his church. And so when somebody's speaker to have a prophetic word, God wants God want us to know what he's saying to us as a people. So then your gifting and your anointing Whatever gift God gave you, God wants to elevate. He wants to take all of us into a certain place so that the whole church can be edified. Now, how would this gift exercise be exercised in the church? Number one, we said that this, we're almost done. We will welcome this gift as in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, earnestly desire, but especially that you may prophesy. And so we want to make sure that we welcome this gift of prophecy. Number two, we want to make sure that it's done in a way, it's done in order, and it does, it has a spirit of edification to it. Number three, we want to make sure that whatever is prophesied, that it's consistent with the word of God. Say, for example, that somebody comes to you with a prophecy and they tell you to, they tell you to thus saith the Lord, uh, you can shoot the person that cut you off on I-95. What would you say to that person? Would you receive that prophecy? And you say, no, 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 brother. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Now, that's extreme, right? But I said that because I want to drive home the point that we got to make sure that it lines up with Scripture. Number four, we want to make sure that the prophecy before it's spoken to the congregation, not individual prophecy, that it must be cleared. And so we're setting a precedent. So in other words, if somebody come in and they say, the Lord is laying on my heart, I want to say something, you could talk to myself, Sister Diva, my wife, and you say, well, look, I got a word. I got a word and I want to share it. And because we have to make sure to test all things and make sure that what you're going to share is what God is doing in this house. I had my pastor once, he came over and, uh, and he was speaking. He's my pastor, Pastor Ron Johnson, and he was speaking to uh, us when we were first starting a church, it was a group of us, and 
he had a prophetic word, but you know, he reached over, he looked at me, he said, he said, um, he said, I have something God want to say, but I want to know, uh, is it okay to share it? And he began to share with me what God was saying. And I said, hey, go for it. This is exactly what God is saying. And there was a consistency and there was unity relating to how that was done. And so, and so we want to welcome that. And that's important. This is an important gift in the body of Christ. But, but if you have a word of prophecy, it must be cleared. It must be confirmed. Um, number five, we want to make sure that any prophecy that we give, that we understand that it is not scripture. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't scripture. Uh, the scripture has already been written. No prophecy given today holds that kind of weight. That's why the Bible says you can, because Paul wouldn't have said test all things if that was the case. He said test it because you need to make sure that it at least lines up. Um, and then number, number six, we want to do this. And, I, and let, me, let me say this. We want to operate in this gift. The best place to do it, and let me, let me, let me go back. How many of you sense and feel like God has given you a prophetic gift? Did you have a gift of prophecy? Okay, you're one. Okay. Sean, anybody else feel that way? Okay. Just, just two people? Okay. So what we want to do is that when we have, particularly when we have these small group meetings, those of you who sense and feel like that God is calling you to do this, when we have these uh, Bible studies or prayer meetings, what we want to do is that I encourage you if, you, if you sense that God has a certain gift in you, I want to encourage you to just begin to operate in that gift. Just begin to go up and pray over people. You know, uh, Sean is a perfect example of that. Sean, uh, I've known Sean operates in the prophetic. He, God just shows him things. You know, how many know that God does that? God can do that. Uh, how many know that Daniel, God showed, Dan, Daniel had a gift. Does anybody remember what Daniel's gift was? Daniel could see vision, and God just gave that to him. That's a gift. God just gave it to him. So some of you, God, show, God show, will show you pictures. Then don't just sit on that, but just what we want to do is you, you want to come up and you want to share that, uh, and, and you want to encourage the body of Christ with it. So if you sense, and I'm not just talking about prophecy, but as it relates to any gift in the church, the best place to start is start in when we have these you know, small groups or uh, we have prayer meetings. These are the best places to start and begin to just flow in that and allow the Holy Spirit uh, to move. Uh, and then number seven, we want to step out in faith. For those of you, I know Sean operated in it. I, I never, ever experienced I haven't talked to you about it. But if you sense that God is putting this gift, you have a gift or you sense that you're moving in the prophetic, then just step out. You know, just start with individuals, people that God will speak to you about because God wants to encourage uh, his people. And perhaps the very, like I said earlier, perhaps somebody's deliverance may be in your mouth. But I'm going to close with this and we're done. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you're still in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number um, 31, it said, for you all, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Now that does not mean that every believer will prophesy, but what it does mean that if anyone receives a revelation from God, a revelation from God, uh, they, are encouraged, they are encouraged to share it so that the whole body can be edified. Amen? So here, here's, why, here's, here's why we talked about this, this, this today. Um, 
because I believe that what God is doing, the next level for our church, and I really believe any church, as I study the scriptures as best as I can, um, the way that churches grew was because they, there, there was a spiritual and a prophetic nature and element to what they did. Um, we need to be open to that, and we need to allow God to do that. So we set precedent. We set order on how that's going to be done, because what is going to happen is a lot of us will be encouraged. How many of you want to be encouraged? How many of you want to be built up? Then this is what we need to flow into. And so uh, I believe that God wants this is the next level for us. And, and I just um, I'm just praying and believing that uh, in the upcoming weeks that we'll begin to operate in this in unique ways. And uh, and not only uh, here, but how many know out there that I believe that God can give us revelation to people that you work with on a job and that you can speak prophetically and they can awaken something in them. How many know that if there's an unbeliever and you start reading their mail? You know, that that would be a quick, you know, I'd be like, oh, how did you know that? You know, so so we need to be sensitive to what God is doing. We need to be open to it. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.